1: So somehow, in a miraculous way, it's like we're halfway through 2019, as it is one day before June. What is going on? It's freaking me out a little too much. I know. I know. Life is whipping by. It always whipping by too fast. So just saying,
2: it's so interesting. I was just reading a um, a release. You know, you know. I'm very passionate about what are the amenities that keep people here. In Pittsburgh, okay. right? And what are the what are the amenities that we need to have? Right. And you came back from a trip a while back going over to K- Copenhagen.
1: Loved it. Right? Yeah. You
2: loved it. And one of the points that you made that's really stuck with me is Whoa, that- Whoa, back
1: up. I made a point that stuck with you. Yes, one
2: yes. point. All right. One Just point. one. One in 12 one years. This is good. I like
1: this. Okay, very cool.
2: Here's the deal. Yeah. It was that in Copenhagen, and I guess in Malmo- Malmo. Well, correct. Malmo is is, 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 right is Sweden. Over. Right. Yeah,
1: it's actually Sweden. But.
2: That they make it really not attractive to own a car.
1: Exactly. Right. Right. And as a guy that loves cars, I also hate cars right. for the other reasons. And so I was like, so they make yeah. it
2: really not attractive.
1: Exactly, and they make it very attractive to have alternatives to using a car. Right, which right. includes what? Bicycles right. as the main form of just. Disp- surely easy to get from point A to and point so B. And so
2: there's a recent study that was done yeah. for 2013 to 2017. Okay. And the focus was on, showed that about eight, like 0.1% of the workers in the United States. Yeah. So it's essentially statistically significant. Yeah. And that what people cared about was the ability to commute to work by bike.
1: Yeah. It's just 0.1% of the population. Right, that working. I'm surprised it's that much. But <laughs> it's at, such a rare right. Thing. That's yeah. working.
2: That that's what they care about.
1: I'm part of that point one, which right. is really fantastic. So
2: where do you think mm-hmm. is the place where they the the highest percentage of workers that bike to work? And this is like a ninety percent confidence.
1: What's the place? Yeah, in the United States. Mm-hmm. In the United States, I would say New York.
2: Nope. Davis, California.
1: Davis, California. Yep, that's
2: the number one. And then it goes to Boulder, then Santa Cruz, Palo Alto. Even more than New York.
1: I thought with New York and its population, I just see so many people on bikes just doing whatever. Commuting.
2: Cambridge, Mass. Okay. Somerville, Mass. Eugene, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Mountain View. Yeah. So these are Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. Washington, D.C. Santa Barbara, where my daughter lives. Yeah, very cool. Ann Arbor, Minneapolis. This is... But by far and large, all of these places are growing cities.
1: They're growing cities, and,
2: and they're growing talent, attracting talent in these cities. Of what the... is called
1: millennials or the right. next generation. So, so here's what I learned: like when I was in Copenhagen, when they had mentioned that, you know, vast majority of the population rides their bike to work. But they told me this, and this is where they're not cyclists, right? They're, well, they're not. They don't consider cyclists. It's just they use a bike as an appliance in which to get to work on many of them, but the idea is they're commuting three miles on a very flat uh, terrain. So, for instance, my commute is 15 miles one way. and You're a monster. And I have 700 feet of elevation gain, which isn't a lot. It's pretty flat, believe it or not. But some people, so in Pittsburgh, our topography really makes it difficult because most people live away from the core of the city. Mm-hmm. And to get in requires you getting sweaty and maybe feeling some pain in your legs and your lungs, because you got to actually you know put a little work behind uh-huh, it. Oh, so, so you're not really just cruising. You're not just cruising. So, But I do believe, so I actually had an experience on an electric bike when I was in Copenhagen for a few miles. Oh, did you? And it has me, you know, it-, it, it I thought you were like- It tears at every bit of my a soul. naysayer yeah, about exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. It tears every bit of my soul that my engine is my legs. But, my Lord, when you're just, it's like having a miniature motorcycle and just- zipping around so right so you can, so you can see i would and, use that right so um, maybe the adoption of electric bikes might help people but it's also i think a cultural mindset that we'd like getting into our cars and driving into the city center
2: but what do you think about creating policy and creating right. strategies that make it difficult
1: hey, I, I don't know for I'd, cars
2: how do you feel I, about I would, that? I would rather
1: make it easier for people to come in as opposed to saying i want to put something to make it difficult for people
2: but in order to yeah. make it easier for right. people to come in that's transit right right that's ground transportation
1: ground transportation yeah so so maybe it's something along the lines of like only so many cars can get into the city without paying something we as a city
2: need to understand that there are trends right and the trends are people like to live close to where they work right but they also like to live not just work exactly right so the requirements are different definitely so if it's very if they have to spend a lot of time in traffic And the amenities aren't there it, then the likelihood is our attractiveness goes yeah, down. Yeah,
1: it goes way down. I mean, I can even say just from my own personal experience, with us just moving our offices just three I miles away. I know, just away, like two miles away, when three I miles do, away. When I do take my car, which is probably 70% of the time. It's a lot more than you used to. It's it's It becomes a big part of your day just I know, you and I were parkway. very spoiled. We were spoiled before I we, could have walked to work yeah, back in mean, my day. right? I could ride my bike to work in 25 minutes, and it would I take know. Me half an hour in a car, but now it's 45 minutes in my car at the... At the Bottom end, usually an hour to get home from work. Really, and that's just to go nine miles. It's kind of not fun like that. So the days I get on my bicycle and I'm just cruising along the jail trail and going up it's through not Stanley there. Park. You don't it's go so by the better. jail trail anymore. I actually I take the jail trail and then I go across onto the Great Allegheny Passage and ride that right all the way up into the waterfront, over the Rankin Bridge and into Edgewood. It's a beautiful, beautiful commute. I love it. It's wow. like you get a little mix of Pittsburgh's steel industry. You right. Get the rivers, like everything about Pittsburgh right. that's awesome, I get on my bike ride and I, I miss it when I can't do it at least once a week. So Right, so what are we going to do? I, we just need to make our city where people can get around on a bicycle a little easier. Maybe there's more electric bikes that are out there for people to use and not be afraid to go four or five miles on and mm-hmm. park them and have easy access and, and just not I be mean, afraid of mean, With
2: the influx of autonomous vehicles yeah. and all that's happening in terms of the investment in Pittsburgh, we are attracting more people that come from outside of the city.
1: Exactly. And they kind of expect some of these. They expect it. Right. And they, they come they here and they don't find it. So it's like, hmm, how do I plug in here? Then, right. And know? it's not so easy. Right. And
2: we really do need to give the mayor some credit because he Definitely. has been trying to figure oh. out some ways to make it easy. But he can't thread it yeah, through. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in Lawrenceville, it's not easy to ride a bike unless you go down by the water, yeah. right?
1: And, and also, many people are afraid to ride in traffic. I'm not afraid to ride in traffic I've been riding bikes for 25 years. But you, who knows when you when you can get hit? But I'm one of those where I'm not afraid to be in traffic, right. which is a plus. But many people, they don't want that. I understand why. It can be scary. Right. So, yeah. that's so, why I don't, so right. in Lawrenceville, you mm-hmm. got to go way over, and there's a trail that's you know, along the river, but you're not really in the heart of By it. By the you're... railroad tracks. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it is possible in yeah. Lawrenceville. But, so, in Copenhagen, we only got a couple minutes left here. It was great because there was dedicated bike paths with signals. They actually, as we were touring uh, facilities, we actually saw a time lapsed video of bicycle traffic going through the city it was like watching a circulatory system in like the human body like all these all these Arters. cyclists come up to the thing and they stop and then they go and no one's it's a nice even flow nothing's getting jammed up like it was it, it's impressive and i don't know how that would work exactly in pittsburgh but i will say groups like bike pittsburgh have made a huge difference putting right. a lot more bike lanes in mm-hmm. and as a cyclist it's become so much easier over the past 20 years to cycle to work even just from a cultural standpoint no one yells at you for being on a bike anymore as much should i say <laughs> I as much as but much yep but needless
2: we... to say we talk about these kinds of things on tech five because it matters exactly to what the next generation is and and the future growth
1: mm-hmm. absolutely so we've got some great guests talking by the show tonight we have mike Cohn from teletracking tracy brown from fragman and of course we have jeff forrester from TrueFit, hanging out with the center for victims built a really important app for these guys can't wait to get to it this is jonathan kirsting
2: and this is Audrey Russo. We're from
1: the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. You know what, Audrey? This is not the first time we've had somebody from a really cool company called Teletracking stop by. No, I think radio. we're
2: just going to go through all their leadership and just have them so. on the show.
3: <laughs> I like it. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we'd like that as well.
2: <laughs> I think so. So we have Michael Cohen, VP of Technology? That is, is correct. That the, I want to get the title right. That is correct. Okay. So, welcome. Glad to see you. Actually, glad to meet you. We hadn't met you before. No, so, Jonathan, I'm glad Meyer, to be here. Appreciate to it.
1: Because I think, Audrey, you're like the fifth Beatle of television sometimes. And <laughs> I'm, I'm just a fan of that, the like, vision. Like, well, I'm a fan of the
2: vision. A great I'm a fan company. of the work. And having spent enough in health insurance at the tech council <laughs> side of the house, as well as health care, I know enough to have at least an intelligent conversation. But very often, the conversations themselves aren't intelligent. So, it's thrilling to be able to hear what the work is at Teletracking.
3: Absolutely. And
2: I want, we were, we're going to dive a little bit in because you've been at Teletracking for what almost
3: almost 3 years almost now. Almost 3 years. Mm-hmm.
2: And you came to us from another company. And Correct. us meaning Pittsburgh, Teletracking Pittsburgh. Yes. Right.
3: So were you uh, prior to prior to Teletracking, I was uh, with Amazon. Mm. Uh, that was uh, little City, yeah, a little company. Heard them company in think, Seattle. Yeah. Senior manager for their uh, advertising platform.
2: Wow. So you made a shift. Quite a shift, right?
3: I, I, I moved back to where home was, in essence. Ah, okay. Oh, is made, this home? Made, this is home. Seattle was the move to away from home.
2: Aww. And now you're back. So you grew yeah. up. Yeah. You became an adult there.
1: And then you uh, came home. I
3: would say I was already an adult, but yeah, I enjoyed the time out there and it was time to move back to be closer to family and friends. And have a cool opportunity to place like
1: teletracking. Absolutely. Looking at lots and so, lots of data. Yeah, That's so awesome.
2: talk about the mission of teletracking and talk about what your role is and even do some comparisons to Amazon. I think that might be interesting. I like that
3: idea, Audrey. Good thinking. Yeah, sure. Um, teletracking, the mission of teletracking is pretty straightforward. We want to, um, we have basically that our, our mission is that no patient waits for the care that they need. Um, and um, so our responsibility from a technology team is to support that, that vision or that mission. Um, and so... We have uh, we we have um, an interesting uh, an interesting um, deployment model where we have several hundred or several hundreds to near near thousand hospitals where we have our software deployed, and we've we've been able to take that um, that data and aggregate that data into a single environment, and that enables pretty uh, incredible decision making that we haven't been able to do in the past, um, and it's very similar to what, uh, what what I was able to do at Amazon. At Amazon, um, it was mostly about very large-scale data. It was very much about making decisions on how uh, the performance of, a, of a, an ad campaign is going. And uh, we're doing something very similar to teletracking, but it's all about the operational flow of, of patients within the health system. How do you get them into the hospital? How do you get them out of the hospital in the most efficient manner?
2: Well, what's so fascinating is this is a massive problem.
3: Massive. We're talking yeah. as Michael will say yeah. Michael Zamias, uh, the, the the president and uh CEO of teletracking, I guess, CEO of teletracking. Uh and Chris Johnson our president. He right. um both of them will say that this is a this is a multi, multi, many billion dollar problem. And it's people's um, lives at the end of the it's day. It's people's lives. Yeah. It's about it's about patient movement, but it's about staffing. Um we we see the problem the big problem being um, inefficiency in healthcare is and is due primarily to the staffing um, it, uh, labor force is very inefficient in healthcare mm-hmm. it's probably about 20 to 30% efficient michael always uses those numbers and if you're talking about a multi hundred billion dollar uh, uh, waste i'm um, sorry right. about the labor yeah. labor pool you're mm-hmm. talking about uh, many billions of dollars in terms of just waste and our our job and our mission is to Ensure that no patient waits for the care they need, but to do that by reducing operational burden on the health system so that they have more ability to care for the patients that they have.
2: So can you talk about any of your customers who have used and put together these command centers?
3: Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. We have we just uh, recently went live with a, a health system in Dayton, Ohio called Kettering, uh, and, and we have the concept of a command center. The concept of a command center, basically, is you think of um, hospitals are no longer just the four walls in, in a single facility. Hospitals are no longer just hospitals it 's a health system. We have many hospitals that work as under one umbrella. You have uh, urgent care settings you have post acute settings. These are all part of the health system in a command center the 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 idea is to having a single location where you can manage the flow of patients the flow of both both on ingest and ingress and egress. Uh, patients into the health system and out of the health system in the most efficient way, and the 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 uh, command center is the mechanism with which we can have single visibility, a single pane in glass, if you will, seeing how the performance of that health system is is, is operating or how that health system is operating. Um, Kettering in um, in in Dayton, Ohio, is one of our uh, recent uh, command centers that we that we that they just opened up that we've installed and configured for them. Krillian Clinic or Crillion in uh, in Virginia, uh, Roanoke, Virginia area is another good command center, and we. This is the this is the future of, right. of healthcare. It's no different than as as uh, as Chris will say, he likes to call it care traffic control. Right. Um, I, I equated to more of an operations center or air operations center in the DoD space, where you have. Uh, where you might be battling or having a battle or, or the uh, somewhere mm-hmm. in a remote country, but yet the operations are happening right. centrally in somewhere in the United right. States. Right. So the same concept is is what you would have with the, with these command centers throughout the U.S.
2: And so the problem in terms of staffing is actually pretty real in the United States, even though the demand for nurses across the different gradations of nursing is still we have a huge shortage.
3: We have a huge shortage. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and it's going to continue to get worse. Uh, I, I feel, especially in uh, from a well, not just from a from a nursing perspective, but from from doctor's perspective. I think mm. it's just across the whole uh, it, uh, the whole staffing model, it gets worse and worse over time. Um, and the problem that they that the health systems uh, have is they they struggle with they struggle with understanding. Um, what they have and what they need in terms of future uh, is future staffing, and part of what teletracking is positioned to do is is solve that problem for them, where we can look out into the future and, and tell them three days from now that listen you 're going to be short three nurses in this unit if you don 't you need to prepare accordingly, um, so doing uh, predictive models to to help them be more efficient, not just. Not just looking in, in, in hindsight, but looking in foresight, you know, right. looking forward to tell them what, the, what their problems are. So you compare could
2: your experience at Amazon, compare your experience in working for a really mission-centric company.
3: Yeah, Amazon is huge. Uh, there's no doubt about it, right? Um, and um, you could say that it has a mission. Um, it had a mission. Uh, it, its mission certainly wasn't around uh, providing care necessarily for the patients. It's about reducing Not margins. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> they may enter that market. But it's uh, it really is about getting to that, um, uh, getting to uh, from an Amazon standpoint. It's about reducing that margin for customers, being able to re- efficiently deliver goods to them in a quick in a quick way. Not only thing, but teletracking. It's really all about, um, it's really about that mission. It's a very focused company. Um, the leadership is, uh, is is very um, behind the organization. It's uh, very uh, our, our Michael's been around solving this problem for 28 years. And, and many people have been have been doing that along with him, and uh, it's it's great to be working for a company that really cares about not only its employees, but we uh, really care about really cares about the um, about uh, the problems that are facing society as a whole. Because this truly is one of the biggest big, societal problems. Big problem. we have.
1: So we got about a minute or so left. Mm-hmm. And culture is so important to Teltrac, yep. and you're employing the smartest mm-hmm. people in the world are coming to Pittsburgh tell us why it's so cool to be at teletracking
3: uh, that's a great question well I think uh, from my perspective obviously being a VP of technology I want to talk about the the technology mm-hmm. stack that we employ the technologies mm-hmm. that we use um, are forward or absolutely f- uh, leading edge technology so it gives people at least a, 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 a an understanding that they're working with very high tech um, high tech very high tech um, high technology I guess um, but More importantly, it's the the culture that we provide within that to enable people to make decisions, work, uh, to operate independently and to do things that uh, that, that they feel is best for them and is best for the company um, and allow them to make those decisions on their own.
2: So are you hiring?
3: We are hiring big time. (laughs) So we have many, many openings right right now. Go to teletracking.com and you can check
1: it out. I can't thank Mike Cohen from Teletracking for hanging out. Thank one you of very Pittsburgh's much. absolute coolest tech companies in Pittsburgh. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. I tell you what, Audrey, it's been a very long time since we have talked to one Tracy Brown. You know, Back in the day, we were, we were conjecturing how long it's been. Oh we were gosh. thinking it was like two I've been tracking her. I, I, have a, I, know. I had a GPS on her, well, so I've she she yeah, been tracking it. her. She had one of the coolest companies, Evil Genius, back oh my gosh like, we're man, gonna revisit was, no, we're no we're not, not, we're, we're, not. not. <laughs> saying, <laughs> we're not doing flashbacks i'm just now. saying she was just let's a
4: different segment we want to do a whole <laughs> segment.
1: but it was so cool because i hadn't heard from her and she popped up with this company called fragment a law firm i know right. crazy and they got this great story and i couldn't wait to have her stop i know time. i'm i'm pretty well tight. i missed you guys yeah. so i
4: thought so I'd come it's by. so
1: great so let's just frame it for us
4: just really
2: frame it for us and and talk about Fragman and then talk about what you're participating here in
4: Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. So Fragman is uh, the world's largest law firm that focuses solely on immigration services. Yeah. And I know kind of in today's culture, everybody thinks about borders and stuff. But really, when you get into it, um, we provide mobility and immigration services to the largest clients who need to move human capital talent around the world. Which is our okay. world. Yes, yeah, totally. I love that. And think That's about tech, thought, right? Anything. Right. Tech, you're going after the best engineers, the right. best technologists. So a few years ago, uh, Fragman decided that we really needed to get serious about engineering the next generation of immigration services and how that affects our clients. Yeah. And so um, our CIO, Scott Angelo, who we'll talk a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but nicely. But nicely. Well, I adore Scott. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. we all do. He's a great guy. Yeah,
4: so he had an idea uh, to create an immigration technology and innovation lab. And being having been familiar with the area... He chose Pittsburgh as the right place to do That's that. That's what
1: I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah, it's so cool, man. So, so
2: dive into that a little bit. Like, what what does that mean in so, terms of
4: similar the problem to, that you're solving? So similar to other companies that look for um, specialized like accelerators or incubators or. Technology headquarters. That's really what we're doing. We have a, a technology center north of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and we created it as a showcase so that we can invite our clients and our you know technology partners to come to the space and co-create solutions for the clients that that's we service. Right. Oh. Oh. So it's solely well. So Fragment in some is ways thinking ahead. Work yeah. for hire? Fragment is thinking for head. Um, we do do some contract work for hire stuff, um, but. We're now at over 120 personnel in about 18 months.
1: In Pitt, it's north of Pittsburgh. In, just
4: in Pittsburgh. Here. Wow. And what Isn't kind of talent? Like, what kind of talent? So it ranges. So we have uh, engineers, of course, but we have data scientists. We have product people, project managers, business process analysts. And then we do have a small group of legal writers who... Are stationed here that are helping us with some of our gotcha. products and some of the functions. Mm-hmm. We and
1: do. what are you charged with doing in this Pittsburgh office? So I get yeah. the lucky
4: new role of a department that we just kind of created, which specifically focuses on uh, product design and innovation. Mm-hmm. So completely right up my alley. Yeah, going
1: right right this to is this has Tracy Brown written all yeah, over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so,
2: so Fragaman though, I think people need to understand that Fragman is an international law firm.
4: Yeah. International, global, worldwide offices, we have forty six at last count I think, forty six offices worldwide. Right. And the reason for that is is that we're not just US centric. You know, when we're moving human capital around the globe, there's in immigrations and out immigrations yeah. and all Absolutely. those jurisdictions that you have to deal with you know, to make that capital movement happen. So
2: can you tease us a little bit about what some of the things that you're trying to solve?
4: Yeah, I can tease you a lot about (laughs) things. tease us a lot, please. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, so, I mean, we're we're looking at a couple different things. Um, The things I think we can talk about are certainly, if you think about immigration, and I don't know that any of us have ever gone through it. I've sponsored a couple people in the past. Oh, yeah. 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 So it can be a pretty cumbersome process. Very much so. But imagine all of the paperwork and all of the evidence that you have to provide in order That's to get that approval and those visas issued. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, stacks, Big like stack, Audrey's yeah. showing us. Yeah, stacks. There's huge stacks of that. Mm-hmm. So we're experimenting with um, new technologies like uh, robotic process automation.
1: Yeah, a little RPA A little in RPA the house. plug in the house. Exactly.
4: You know, where you can um, automagically Fill in forms or maybe do e filings mm-hmm. so that we eliminate some of the manual um, collating of documents and and stuff. the tracking of documents the, uh, absolutely and the absolutely. tracking. For sure. um, right now we're working with optical character recognition, which you know I know is not cutting edge twenty nineteen tech, no, but it's important. For but for immigration, time. it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that we're doing is we're changing out our mobile applications. So instead of having you know our foreign national Mm -hmm. Uh, personnel who need to move around have to key in all of the data about them we're just going to enable them to scan passports and automatically pull the data off of it so we're fixing data quality issues we're fixing speed of completing that type of paperwork so that we can actually turn their visas around faster
1: and all these technologies are being developed here in pittsburgh they are
4: they're all all developed in pittsburgh we do have tech professionals all over the world from a different you know, for different services. Like for support, right. For support, or um, maybe there was a hotbed of talent that was there that we wanted to um, utilize. Mm-hmm. But the majority of all tech innovation is going to be homed out of Pittsburgh. That's awesome.
1: That's, yeah. what, That's awesome.
2: So what kinds of roles, like, are you hiring for now?
4: We are hiring.
1: And we'll talk about the Tech Connect in a second, plug, too. Plug, yeah, yeah, plug, plug. Yeah, yeah. June Please. 13th. June 13th.
4: June 13th. Hot off the presses. Your website was okay. just updated as I was sitting That's in the great. lobby. Okay. Yes. Um, we're hiring for a variety of technology roles. So anything from um, software engineers to product owners, I have a couple product owner positions open to BI specialists, um, data warehousing. I know I have a desktop person open. Um, I know there's a couple security roles that have opened. So really, if it's kind of this if you're a generalist in security or right. um, you even have a specialty that's very deep, Like, we're somebody that you should probably just take a look at.
1: Definitely. That's why I'm really excited about this Tech Connector putting on June 13th, because people can stop out and actually meet who they would be working with, check out the environment, learn more about the projects they would be working on. I mean, it's a great way to get right up in front with the folks at Fragment.
2: interesting. Mm -hmm. So all this work that you're doing is you're getting inputs from clients, too, right. as you build this. So you right. have, like, a customer focus on this as well.
4: Exactly. We actually have an internal customer focus and an external customer focus. So we have a proprietary case management system okay. because, as you can imagine, being a yeah, law firm that has to service immigration, right. we have to be able to track where you are in the process of attaining, you know, those authorizations and visas. But we also have an external client base where um, – our, I don't want to name any of them, but if you, they're they're popular. Our, we have some of the world's largest clients it's who need few, to move right. capital around. Um, they have to also put on um, good technology for the, their employees, which we sometimes provide that as a service because they don't have it. Right. You know, they don't want to build. You don't want to build that type of no, case manager. You
1: guys app. have it. You can then deploy for right. It, exactly, right? that's yeah. the
4: service that we bring to the table. You know, our deep knowledge in immigration issues, but then in addition to that, the technology that we have. I mean,
2: immigration issues are complex. They're not getting easier. Mm-mm. And it's been going on for eight, ten years Yeah, where it's really been suffering. Yeah. Well, Actually, if you think since, you know, 9-11, mm-hmm. the world has really changed in terms of immigration. And in Pittsburgh, as we wrestle with population, you know, meaning growth of population and particularly for the skill sets that we need, The issue is like almost 40% of the people who go to these universities want to stay in Pittsburgh and they're foreign born. Exactly. And so it may, and and very often companies are fretful because they feel like it's an onerous process. Mm -hmm. And while we've had lots of attorneys on, you know, talking about the process, talking about, you know, how, you know, they sort of, you know, try to press through it, but if you're from, you know, depending upon the country that you're from, there's, you know, lots of things that, Push you out further or can pull you in. But people are, businesses are concerned of the complexity.
4: Yes, and they should be. It is a complicated in you know, a series of steps and authorizations and so you've become
2: again. like a master yeah. of the business process now yeah. right exactly Streamlining I mean, it and making which it is simple. also sort
4: yeah. of cool right so we i mean as you well, may right. remember i solve problems right you know that's that's what gets me out that's of on that. your linkedin profile it's probably yeah, i think exactly. it is actually have <laughs> you been stalking me yes <laughs> <laughs> I admit it.
1: yes he has been stalking
4: me. <laughs> yes so, so i solve problems and this is a really complicated problem really to solve is. you it's know how do you move human capital around the most efficient way possible Keeping in mind that there are government agencies that we don't get to influence sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> so how can I squish the time around mm-hmm. all of those things? And make
2: checks. companies feel comfortable. Correct. Yeah. In terms of taking this on.
4: Right. Think if, you're, think if you're somebody who has to move for a company. Right. right. You need to know, when am I going to have to pack up and go? What are the tax implications? Can I take my wife?
3: Can, can I take my
4: children? What about work? my dog? What about my dog? Yeah. What do I do? Where do I live? Like, you know, so
2: you're including all that, that whole range of processes?
4: We might be strategically <sighs> looking wow. at how wow. we can service a larger...
1: That is like that's turnkey. Really man. That is like. Mm-hmm. Turnkey. It's
4: very interesting because it's not just moving people. It's really about moving them in a way that they have a quality of life. It's moving
1: lives. I mean, it's, it's not lives. the person that's itself, but really it's everything that they're doing, right? Mhm.
4: Mm-hmm. And it's super complicated. So, it's it all happening that's in Pittsburgh kind of, too. That's That's all, that's all so happening cool. in Pittsburgh and Absolutely. that's like some of the stuff that's behind the scenes that right. we're working on trying to solve. Right.
2: Yeah. And so I heard the space is beautiful by the way.
4: Yes, our space is gorgeous. What we makes are, it
1: so gorgeous? What's what's? Well, what's, it was I completely
4: it designed for okay. tech dev people. Uh, like we have the the standing desks. We all the walls are all painted to be whiteboard yeah. you know, walls wherever mm-hmm. you have. We have your requisite, um, you know, monster refrigerators and game room and tournaments and things like that. But you also
2: have some beautiful furniture in terms of the pictures that I thought of that I haven't seen
4: everywhere. Yeah, the pictures are. The, the furniture is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. Scott really paid attention to and detail. And the culture? Culture is like you would expect at a tech firm. It's it's casual. Lots of food. Lots of food. Autonomy. Autonomy. Um,
3: I
1: want to go to this Tech Connect parking, to learn more. Now, on. come on.
4: Yeah, I mean, I want you guys exactly. to come see it. That's why I'm it's excited. Gorgeous. Yeah, for, I've heard yeah. That. June 13th. June 13th. Even yes. if you're not going to, you know, be eligible for a job, or you, you want to just come for the yeah. open house and see what it's about, you should totally
1: come. Definitely. So if you go to pghtech.org, it's on our site there, and you can it's easily Fragman. register. yep, the Fragomen Tech Connect. And then if we want to learn more about Fragman, where can we go and learn more about the company itself?
4: Oh, Fragman.com. Excellent. Just that
1: simple. And Tracy Brown, what a pleasure to have you here yes, back with nice us at Tech Vibe you. Radio.
4: Thanks for inviting me back.
1: And it won't be nine to ten years for the next time you're I back. hope we not. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing some great stuff. So excited that you're doing what you're doing. Audrey, we're taking a quick break. Okay, we'll be right back. We've got so much more Tech Vibe Radio coming your way. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Sometimes, Audrey, technology solves problems that are crazy, right? And we got such a story today that I'm really excited about. we got a great company here with TrueFit, who's been building apps for many, many, many years, and we have the Center for Victims hanging out with us, which is just, just fantastic work when it comes to keeping people safe and everything like that. So these they, they came together to build something really cool. I'm just so glad to have them here. So, <laughs> okay. what, what, can so what can I ourselves. say? Let's introduce ourselves. Absolutely.
5: Thank you. It's Laurie. My name's Laurie McDonald. I'm the CEO for Center for Victims. And what's Center for Victims? Center for Victims is the largest um, victim service organization in the state, maybe even in the country. We're a comprehensive agency, so we provide services to all victims of
1: all crimes. That's really, really important stuff. Yeah. And you're on the wow. south side, is right?
5: We just moved to the south, yeah, so we I were in East Liberty for a it's while. It's like an
1: old-looking mill building they kind of yeah. made, and that's yeah, why you guys moved really nice. The... Yeah. Exactly.
5: So now we're really full service because we're all in one building. Very, that's very That's great. Cool. Okay, and then we have, from True Fit,
0: yeah, I'm Jeff Forster. I am a product owner at TrueFit. I work on an interdisciplinary software development team there. TrueFit is a software product development company right. been around twenty plus years, and so we build new web and mobile apps for uh, anyone who has an idea.
1: Some great things, yeah. I know.
0: So where did this idea come
5: from? Yeah, how did you
0: yeah, to connect? To tell us
1: about this Laura. Yeah.
5: Well, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, I guess, and what. Years ago, we were struggling financially. We, you know, that's when the market was crashing the last time. Anyway, um, we're at a staff meeting. And we have this jail release notification that we do by hand. You know, we do it. We we interface with the jail every two hours. Oh my goodness. When somebody's been arrested for domestic yeah, violence, for right. example, um, they uh, we they get arrested. They go to the jail. Then the victim goes back home, and they want to know. Where the, where the perpetrator is. Right, so the exactly. whole idea is safety. So yeah. we have a contract with the jail. We've had it for 25 years. And we wow. do this process 24-7. It takes a lot of manpower Every to do it, Every two hours, someone's
1: getting the latest list of who's out and where and they're And they going. call
5: us, and then we call the victim. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, like so many things, it's labor-intensive, right. it's costly. And I just made a joke one day at a staff meeting and said, you know, there should be an app for this.
1: And by heck, so there is. Before, <laughs> we, thank
5: you, Jeff. We have an app for this now. Uh, So anyway, it's a great tool because not only does it provide for the safety of the victim, it gives the victim peace of mind because you can imagine if you're in a, you know, a critical situation like that and you're traumatized by having somebody you care about who hurt, may have right. hurt
1: you it's crazy
5: you know so you're you're laying there and you get your call at two o'clock in the morning and it says well he's in he's in arraignment now and we'll call you back as soon as the jail gets back to and us. he's
0: out <laughs> and, well, and that's, that's the hard part
5: but in the meantime you're like you're laying there and you're thinking oh my god you know what does that mean i don't know what arraignment is right so jeff and his team at truefit they helped us to build this app that not only provides for the push notification, because, you know, many people, younger people who are usually domestic violence victims between the ages of 18 and 40, right, right. Um, you know, they hold their world in their hand yeah, and their I phone. Can. So we provide them a push notification now. Hi there, Gracie. Hi. Gracie the dog. Gracie the <laughs> dog is the, here. Yeah. She's adorable. She likes hanging out with Tech <laughs> <Yeah. by Virginia. laughs> Live Radio. It's that. like it's the Center
0: for Victims <laughs> therapy Dogs. Yes, yeah. yes exactly. we do.
5: We have therapy dogs. Yeah, actually she would be got. perfect. They go, to, they go to court with kids. But anyway, um, so getting back to this... Um, so that that they there's an information, FAQs in there, information about what does an arraignment mean, right. what does f- fingerprinting mean. So in the middle of the night, you get a little more peace of mind. You know he's yeah. in jail, and you know what the process is and what's coming next, what wow. are next steps. Gotcha. So it gives people, you know, a little bit, reduces their anxiety a little bit. And then when he's actually released, we call them immediately or push notification. And that gives him a little extra time for safety planning because we know that Seventy five percent of all victims um, of homicide, domestic violence homicide happens right after somebody's been released from jail. Oh, right. no, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, or when they leave. Yeah. But mostly it's still it might even be a little higher. That's what somebody kind of. How scary to
1: have an app that then gets people in the know. And wow, yeah. that's powerful stuff. How did you find TrueFit to build this thing? How
5: do we find TrueFit? To, I, well, I, how we really found it was through Tuolingo, who was our neighbor.
1: <laughs> Very cool. <laughs>
5: And he knew Darren. You, oh, and Duolingo. I had done the, um, the Uprise, too, and Darren was involved in the Uprise, right. Darren Grove. Right. Oh, right, visible. right, right. Yeah. So. so that's great. So now this app is available. It is. We've just launched it, what, two weeks ago? yeah. Yes. So it's ready to go. And, and um, we have advocates who go to court with people. And then we all, the police or the jail always calls the victim and tells them to call us, and we'll set them up with the app, and you know they can begin using it.
2: And so anything that you've discovered— like in other efficiencies in terms of using the app that surprised
5: well, you? um just using the app is is pretty amazing. You know, in human service sector of our economy, we don't do a lot of tech work and computer work, and I've always found that sort of strange because I'm not a social worker. I don't come from that world. And, you know, I graduated from, from Carnegie Mellon where computers, and, you know, right. this is yeah. many moons ago, of <laughs> course. But, you know, I've always believed in technology and that, and I come to this sector and they're still doing things in pa- on paper like in 2000. Fourteen. Right. So um, wow. that's kind of been one of my goals is to kind of try to bring technology to this sector that You're needs it, it for safety those, purposes. Those, yeah. give, give us um, Give us a sense of how big this problem is. Um, in well, terms of your we, ha- world. we do. Um, we do about four thousand jail release notifications a year. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and it's amazing. four
2: thousand individuals. Correct.
1: That's a lot of cases, yeah. So having an in, app to in automate Pittsburgh, this, southwestern Pennsylvania, Allegheny County. Allegheny, Allegheny, County. County. Allegheny County, Allegheny County Jail, yeah. That's amazing. So, so Jeff, tell us about like, developing this app. Like, what it took. I mean, obviously, you got to work with them to figure out all the functionalities, and then how do you go through testing it and making sure that it actually works? Like, it seems like it's a pretty involved process,
5: especially when you're working with social workers.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, TrueFit is good at this. I will say, uh, we're good at discovering what the problem is and what potential designing, potential solutions for that problem. So in the case of the Center for Victims, we... We did typical kind of uh, discovery workshop, kickoff workshops to understand the domain that they were working in. And then uh, I remember very vividly one of the early parts of this project, we went to the office of the woman who runs the jail notification program, Brenda Sakala, and our, little, our team of uh, three at that point, um, four, no, four people were trying to get to know what the problem was, a couple of designers and a software engineer wow. and myself. And we're all crowded in brenda 's office, and we mapped out what we call the journey the user 's journey of coming into the jail notification program and then and and we 're always asking what is that person thinking at the time? what are they feeling? what are they doing and we mapped out this whole journey and it actually wrapped around brenda 's office it was about the size of the oh, wow. studio that we 're oh, talking oh, in so today, cool. and we mapped it all out on the wall and then took it back and and put it on a, a great big poster so that An artifact like that, people can gather around and say, yes, okay, you got this right at this step, but, oh, we forgot to say this, and we add that in, and we just layer the information piece upon piece.
5: It's incredible to me that these two worlds were able to meet and and to mesh so quickly and clearly. Jeff was really great. Definitely. And because, you know, the people who he's working with are not very tech savvy at all. How long did it take? And he really, he got
1: it. Yeah, how long did it take from first meeting to hitting the button and being like, this thing, it works. The initial
0: development was about five months. And then we had some delays in, in getting it live, and we had another, another little, when you build an app and then it, it is not ready to launch, you have to give it a little more right. care and feeding uh, in order to get it to the finish line kind of again. And so we came back and did a couple more uh, months worth of work, and then it was ready to launch.
5: They were very patient. He's being well, very nice because we're a nonprofit <laughs> and we run out of money quickly. Right. And we have to wait until the next
0: round comes through. <laughs> exactly. Oh the center okay. was a great They're partner. They're familiar
5: with startups. So they know how
2: things It's work. true. Yeah. It's true.
0: You're not the, the only you're ones not alone. who yeah, you're are not waiting for funding.
2: So are you seeing some other solutions in the near future?
5: Well, um, we've talked about the next step. But it's a little more complicated, but what we'd like to what we'd like to see is geofencing for victims, so that we can build a geofence that around the victim. That makes total sense. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. it really makes a ton of sense, and it just talk about the peace of mind. Um, you know, they right now you have a PFA, which is a piece of paper, as everybody says, and people always say, well, you know, PFAs don't really work. And right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they're only as good as the piece of paper and the person who is behind it who is either law-abiding or they're not. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's intent to hurt somebody, they're going to do it. We're, nobody's going to stop. Them, not a paper, not a geofence, nothing. However, the geofence can give the victim – additional time to be safe
1: give him a heads up heads up (laughs) right
5: and so you know we want to try to build this geofence so it's maybe about a quarter of a mile out or something give somebody time instead of when he's at your
1: door yeah geofence is 10 feet away yeah (laughs) there you
5: are (laughs) right and that's kind of what gave me the idea a long time ago we were talking about ankle bracelets Mm -hmm. and uh the vendor was showing us a, a video of the ankle bracelets and I looked at that. and He's showing the video, and the perpetrator's right outside the window. Yeah, well, there is. It's a little late. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, so, any rate, that's that's our next step, and it, that takes a lot more. We have to, you know, get with the court systems. A lot. We're working inside right. with the court, you know, because it involves a lot of uh, Fourth Amendment rights to privacy and all those kind of issues. But I think very soon we'll be able to move that forward, and I think that's going to be a wonderful thing for victims. So,
2: can you sell this now to
5: other? places in um, the United States. I, I would like to think
1: so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have something here that you be <laughs> licensed. Well, like I certain, we're
5: certainly ready, yeah. we're certainly ready willing to share and um here in Allegheny County we have shared this app with our we're sharing this app with our fellow domestic violence That's organizations, so, cool. so that because yeah. we do most of their jail release notification anyway, so um, we're going to give them the app now, and they can give it to their clients as well, or we'll give it to their clients.
1: I mean, I think about all these people just in Allegheny County that you're now tracking, and the power of this. Obviously, it feels like it could be plugged in to the other centers that you would that would be similar to what you're doing in counties across the country. It, it is, and yeah. it,
5: it absolutely can be. It can be tweaked easily. So, so if people want to yeah. know more about. Do you have a website? We do.
2: It's centerforvictims.org. Okay, that's great. And last thing is, is the rate of domestic violence increasing or decreasing
5: in I'm, Allegheny I'm, County? I, uh, it, it's about the same. I've been doing this for 20 years, and yeah, I don't yeah. think it's changed radically over yeah. those 20 years, ever. We may have had one year where we have some more fatalities and other right. years when we don't. Right, but it kind, of, it kind yeah. of stays.
1: But you know there's a technology solution to keep people safe, to give them some peace of mind. Right. Have a cool company like TrueFit come in and build something like yeah. this. And so they get it. Exactly. And TrueFit.io. TrueFit.io. Very good. That's your site right there to learn about all this. I mean, you guys can build anything. It's pretty amazing. Your, your, your portfolio, I mean, it spans everything. I really encourage our listeners to check out what you guys can build because you can build an important app like this for some of our Victims.
0: I don't think much stands in your way as far as that goes. Yeah, so, when so. we can build an app that uh, not only changes lives but saves lives, we jump at that opportunity. Very, very cool. Guys, thank you again, for
5: doing
2: yeah. the work that you're doing, well,
5: both of you. Thanks for having us. It's, this is a really important tool. We want, want to make sure people know it's out there.
1: That's what we're here to do. It's great, great stuff. <laughs> Another tech vibe radio comes to an end, Audrey, but you know what? Yeah, it's okay. What a show. It's okay because there's always thank next them Friday. for doing this kind yeah, of work, too. Definitely, definitely. So we got more of these tech stories coming every single Friday night. That's what I'm thinking. Pittsburgh such a great city. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great weekend, everyone, and learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org.